It's a Sunday kind of love. I'm Maya Tan. I've kind of missed telling stories on the show. Farah Rani came on to read a story called Moon Fruit last week, written by Joshua Chong. So if you missed it, do catch the podcast on www.bfm.my. And this week, I'm happy to announce that we've got a short story written by one of my favourite Malaysian writers, Zitek Siu. It's called Whalebone and Crab Shell, a story set in an imaginary world about the way, quote-unquote, landed people treat and experience the landless. But here's Zidek on what inspired him to write the story. The story came out from the Rohingya refugee crisis. When news was coming, was first coming out about it, I saw everybody feeling a lot of rage that nothing was being done. But that was not how I was feeling. So I kind of wrote this story to sort of see what it really was that I was feeling. And I think uh, as I was writing the story, I sort of discovered the idea that I, I actually feel a lot of shame. I wouldn't say the story is about the refugees because I don't really know much about them and I wouldn't be able to tell their stories anyway. I think the, the text really is about people like me, a person with a citizenship. I want to say I'm a landed person as opposed to a landless person. I think it's about how people who live in states react to the idea of the stateless, the exploration of that. And at the end of it, you know, you said you you kind of wanted to explore your feelings and you felt ashamed. Why was that? Because, well, the reactions, you know how the when, when news first coming out and there was this upswelling of emotion, Oh, we've got to do something. Even if our government is not doing something, let's 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 get people together. Let's get donations together. Let's go out on boats and meet these people. Oh gosh, can I interrupt this? My yeah. sure, sure. Oily. Right. Okay. Um. Where where was I? We're exploring why you felt shame. Oh right, okay. So when news first broke, I think there was a lot of there was a lot of feeling. There was a lot of like, oh, even if our government isn't reacting, let's let's get people together, let's get supplies together, and clothes and like food, uh, send this out on boats, go meet them in the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me felt like, yeah, it's it's great that people are doing this. But it's not enough and it will never be enough. Zidek says to imagine a court-appointed scribe scribbling on the roof of his flooded house, watching the tidal wave coming. This is how our land is laid. Firstly, the domains of the Sultan. May God ever extend his years. The groves and fertile paddy lands, the ports and isles and cities, where spices sold and timber traded, mosques full of devotees, loyal citizens talking in civilized tongues. O our Sultan, may he reign safe upon the throne. And then, the sea, 
full of bounty, but also of pirates, submerged giants, ghosts of wind and water, playground of the lordly dragon, and the great spirit, roof of creation, who lives in the navel of the ocean. Oh, grand mother ocean, who is female, therefore occasionally chained, but never tamed. And then there are the inlands and the uplands in the jungle interior, upriver, full of hidden primates and uncivilized peoples. Indeed, to be an inlander is to live lawlessly as a fugitive from the Sultan's justice. And uplanders are all revolutionaries and deviants anyway. They practice schismatic rites and prostrate themselves before idols. Oh God, save us! Our Sultan. God save him, in his 33rd year, having crushed the rebellion of his admirals, decided to demonstrate his piety by bringing order to all benighted places. Thus the headwaters were choked with barges and armies bore into the forest deeps. The hillside crops burned, the hillfolk bandits were slaughtered, the hidden valleys echoed with the screams of women and dying mercy cries in throatsome languages. All the hinterlands were pacified, and the inlanders captured, disarmed, rounded up, assembled together in a great field where they knelt of their own accord awestruck and shivering at the sight of the Sultan's yellow gold pavilion. So the Sultan turned to his advisers saying, O oh, wise counsellors, grant me your wisdom, in turn granted by God. What should be done with this rabble? And the admiral with his sickle spear said, Slay them down to the youngest son. No mercy should be shown, only then can we be sure. But the treasurer with his pen and parchment said, There are a thousand families times seven members on average times five minutes per execution at the quickest, also accounting for the number of axes dulled, good trees felt to provide stakes, pints of blood that will poison the soil. No, my sultan, it costs too much. So the vizier, whispering into the sultan's ear said exile these people drive them to the sea they will drown quickly what better fate for squatters thieves who stole the interior territories by right your patrimony oh yes sir i've got a curse for that said the holy sorcerer they'll never come back sir They'll never set foot on dry earth again. It's a simple spell. Therefore the Sultan, God bless him with wisdom, commanded eviction. And the traitors were given the rotting planks of their dissembled hovels to use as rafts. And they were banished down the river, through the delta and off and out to the open water. Some Swimming back to shore found the tide turned against them. The harder they paddled, the farther the coast receded. Soon they tired, unable to fight the sorcerer's magical decree, and thus floated, tossed to and fro, a flotilla of sorry creatures, forsaken by both men and God.
At first there was a storm. Torrential rain beating the waves down, thunder and flashing. They were soaked to the bone and to the bones of their boats also. Many drowned. Afterwards they drifted. Becalmed for many days, their sweat dried into salt on their arms, a meager wealth, salt without rice. They were rich only with hunger and thirst and heat stroke, filth and illness. Their shamans called for succor, but their idols were abandoned in the mountains and too distant to hear. Between them, all there were, were nine coils of cord and a single hook, previously used to fish in streams, and its owner, sensing his importance, said, With my hook, I will catch food. Hey, if you will owe me your lives, I should be leader. But the man was mostly a catfisher. His skills did not apply where they were. Anyway, there were only beads and loose goose feathers to use as bait, so he caught nothing. And during the night, some ruffians came. They stabbed him with splintered stakes. In the morning, they said, We have the fish hook, therefore we should be leaders. Ho, hear us, they said. Our plan, segregation, families first, ours. And also, all who we see are strong. The weak, they should be sacrificed. We eat the meat of their limbs. Survival for the fittest, survival for the fittest. Naturally, the others were dismayed. Abomination, the wise women said. Together, they flung the murderers bodily overboard. Then, they came to an island of pirates. Whaleborn and Crapshell continues in just a bit on A Sunny Kind of Love, BFM 89.9. It's a Sunday kind of love, I'm Maya Tan. Today we bring you Zedexu's Whalebone and Crab Show. The Sultan has banished the rabble of inlanders and uplanders and off into the water they go to a fate unknown. That is until they come to an island of pirates. And the pirates dashing through misguided warriors, their costumes tied with red ribbons, their belts studded with sea ivory, said, These souls, fleeing the Sultan's cruelty, sadly, they cannot live with us. Arr. To live a life of piratical liberty, one must have seaworth, able to court and cower before Mother Ocean. In their souls, they are uplanders, they have hill-shaped hearts, they can neither read star charts nor savour the taste of spray. They're simply not made that way. Arr. Having justified themselves, the pirates of the island prepared a care package. A barrel of beer, a net full of fish, twelve blankets folded, lowered by crane onto the outcast's largest raft, along with a letter saying, Ho there, travellers! Unfortunately, you may not settle here. Sorry, have those gifts, no strings attached with our sympathies, and this whalebone recorder. At which point a flute fell out of the unfolded page. 
with which you might use to attract the dragon spirit's pity. Hopefully. <laughs> Thank you. Please go. Past the island, there was another storm, worse than the first. By now, their vessels were broken, their drink barrel empty, fish all gone, their blankets torn apart by fighting. With the lightning, some clambered onto their wives' backs and stretching their arms up, ate quick ends by electricity. Others, less lucky, fell into the foam. These were dragged under. Unable to swim, too weak to struggle, they drank their deaths slower. Among those who remained, their last wise woman was angry at the world and everything in it. Putting the bone flute to her lips, she stood with her back straight, her feet each on a different log. A single note was what she played. Shrill, clear as a horn, louder than thunderous hammer sounds. And she sang. Oh, lords of wind and water, heartless creatures, torture us no longer. Take our lives, let us die. We offer ourselves a sacrifice. We do not ask for mercy, vengeance only. There was no human reply but a rumbling answer, an inhuman growl, a surging tremor from under sea. A sphere burst the surface, the size of a moon, black and smooth, not round, ovoid now, and mounted on a tower the color of cream. An eye stalk looking down, and another, and then claws rising west and east, each pincer point a mountain, big and blurry with distance. It was he who is called Root of Creation, Old Spirit, Eldest of Spawn, who'd heard the shaman's summons. He's father of crabs, and all crabs come from him. He is the largest. Moving in the depths, his great weight makes the sea levels rise, and the tides. The exiles, witness to such a fearful sight, cowered in terror, and even their shaman, the brave, foolish woman. She waited there, expecting to be swallowed. Root of creation held still for a while. The curve of his shell is the breadth of continents, and inasmuch as a country could look thoughtful, he took his time to deliberate. And having decided, he picked them up, all of them, and he placed them upon his back. to the first, to the Sultan's domains, in the ports, in the cities, there were many whispers. That a great wave was coming, that it had wiped out the pirate isles, that the far villages were swept away by flying swordfish and merchant ships by constrictor eels, that the mermaids were gone, strangled. 
and bird and gull flocks were seen flapping over the palace. They were fleeing. The treasurer with his abacus, his feet soaked in salt water, tallied costs. A thousand families with no homes times seven members on average times two silver pieces per head bearing in mind the 20 warehouses damaged the dozen docks destroyed plus 15 galleys shattered beyond repair. The admiral was not at court. The vizier's mansion was found vacant. Both had sought asylum in an enemy state. The holy sorcerer, water up to his waist, said, I've got nothing, sir. Have you seen the size of that thing? That's root of creation, the crab god. He's a top-level creature. Sir, none of my spells are anywhere near his tier. Therefore, our Sultan, may God grant him speed to save his own skin, ordered for the capital to empty. And the citizenry obeyed, going bare-breasted through the flood. On their heads they carried babies, wicker basketfuls of brass pieces, precious embroidery. They sat on floating bed frames, paddling with hoes and ladles. But at the city gates, traffic slowed and halted, for the palanquins of noble families took priority. So there was a crush, a panicked clamor, oh God, save us! In the portside districts, those few still left to see saw the surf draw away. By the piers, the long ship settled at the bottom of the bay and listed. And behind them in the distance, inexorably approaching, Grand Mother Ocean, fashioned into a wall, many leagues wide and some leagues tall. Her insides darkened by some shadow, monstrous and crustacean, crowned with froth, topped with wreckage, ridden by rejoicing figures. Those terrible people, those uplanders, all criminals, wretched heathens, spiteful by nature, with feet cursed never to touch earth again regaining their hillside homelands by drowning them, offering all lands to the sea. They have betrayed us. Oh, God have mercy. Writing this story has kind of been good for me because every time I look at it, I also look for news of the Rovinia. And like just last week, there was another, I think there were 14 deaths off the coast of Slangon. And well, now so far away from that, that time of the or news that there are refugees of our, in our waters, uh, nobody really cares about it anymore. And people have moved on. Yeah. And it kind of confirms this idea that you're always going to get refugees on boats who are who are dying. Uh, I think the the sort of stuff with the Syrian refugees kind of confirms this also. Uh, that the way nation states work and the way we we see we see nationhood and and, and and statehood and being part of a country uh, kind of is is part of the problem. I don't really know how else to deal with this because it's a, it's a big thing. It's uh, it's political and it's economic, but it's not right. And I don't think there will ever be, no matter how many boats filled with supplies you send out, uh, so long as the world 
is still the way it is uh, politically and, and socio-economically. I don't think the boats will stop. Many thanks to ZXU for sharing Whalebone and Crabshell on our show. If you missed any part of the story, download the podcast on www.bfm.my. Tell your friends about it too. We've got more stories by Malaysian writers coming to you on a Sunday Kinda Love. If you've got a story to share with me, do send it to Love at bfm.my. For now, what do we do when we're all broken up into little pieces? We put it all back together again. Robin Thick. Nicki Minaj. This is Maya Tan for BFM 89.9. Hey Robin. <laughs> Didn't I rock with you all night? Wasn't it good enough? Don't lie. Didn't you tell me that I blew your mind?